Howdy, here's Bonnie with a quick edge. I started podcast recording. What I missed from the beginning was a platform that allowed me to record my interviews with my guests in a way that gives me complete overview over the entire situation, over the audio quality, video quality, internet connection. And exactly after three years of podcasting, I finally found my platform to record on. It's called Sandcaster. It's so easy to record a podcast on Sandcaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layer backups and show you always have your recordings in highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. All you have to do is go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, that's spelled Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing and use my code Bonnie's Legends, that's B-O-N-N-I-E-S-L-E-G-E-N-D-S and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster pay plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Howdy, here's Bonnie. Welcome to another episode of Bonnie's Legends. It's February and we're back um, with, um, yeah, the continuous season four. I decided to do my seasons now per, like, per year and so I am diving into my fourth year of podcasting this year, um, this May, which is just absolutely mind-blowing to me um but yeah so we're continuing with season four i'm really excited for today's episode i sat down with daniela barrios and we talked about all kinds of productivity rest how one can find their own method on how to figuring out you know how to implement rest um what structure looks the best um also we both know each other from Lexi's pretty decent and so it was um of course we talk about how at the end of the day it's all kind of an experiment and just playing around is fun and yeah I'm really excited we talked at the end of 2023 and so I we talked also about new year's resolutions and how to not feel dismotivated if it's February and you're like, oh my god, I wanted to do my New Year's resolution and I haven't done it in January. Um, what do I do? Like, the year's not over yet. Um, thankfully, <laughs> we only have February. So, um, 
yes, it's, I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to Danny and I hope you have fun listening to this as well. As always, you can subscribe to our podcast. Our next episode is coming out on Saturday. Um, it's featuring the artist Belle about her single called Brew. And next week, Wednesday, is another episode of season four. And yes, I'm really excited about being back, being behind the microphone. And yeah, subscribe, leave a review. Follow us on Instagram where we post um, little snippets and visuals to this podcast episode. And I hope you have a nice day. Howdy, everyone. I have Daniela Barrios with me. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you on the podcast. I mean, we've met before. We talked um, in the summer, I think. Yeah. And then we were supposed to record in September. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. I I think it's happening in the right moment, in the perfect moment. Um, So yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Nice. Me too. Um, Yeah, so we both met each other through Lexi at Pretty Decent. As you said before I started recording, I really wanted to shift away a bit from the music music section so um i just did a shout out at pretty decent in the chat and then people responded to it and here we are <laughs> yeah and it's a really cool community of creative people from different yes you know, walks of life so what a great what a like like pool of uh of people so yeah honestly um yeah okay so um, before we dive into it i i'm going to ask you the bonus legends check which are Four questions I'm asking every single person. And um, yes, so the first question, um, the first question used to be three individual questions, but I put them all together because they kind of all the basics. It's just name, pronouns, and birthday. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Daniela Barrios, I go by Dani. Um, my birthday is in April 3rd, so I'm an Aries. Nice. And pronouns are she and her. Nice. <laughs> Who's your legend? Because my podcast is called Bonnie's Legends. And so my question to you is, who is your legend? Who? That's a, that, that goes right right deep into the core of the heart. <laughs> Honestly, uh, my mom is my biggest legend. I've learned a lot from her and uh, I still do. So, yeah. Yeah. I love how um, the Oscars always um, posting every single year how the mom is the most mentioned one and the speeches and honestly my podcast when I ask that question the mom is also the most answered (laughs) like the most common answer and so but it's yeah moms are heroes honestly they're they're real heroes and yeah David Bowie wrote that song for them (laughs) (laughs) yes um okay I love that question. Um, you're throwing a dinner party. Invite anyone, dead or alive, or a band or group. Who would it be? Hmm, that's a that's a really interesting question, huh? Well, I have a couple of obsessions right now with people that are alive, so I would love to learn from them. One of them is Rick Rubin, which um, he's a music producer who wrote the book, The Creative Act. And I've been learning a lot about his creative process just because I I find it so interesting. So I feel like having a party would be really fun. Definitely. Um, Also, 
Andrew Huberman. I don't know if you've listened to his podcast, uh, Huberman Lab. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a neurobiology. He talks all about like the science of well-being and, oh man, I could nerd out with him. I mean, you know, try to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think those, those two people would be, would be amazing to learn about. I've also been diving deeper into the biographies of artists that are no longer alive, visual artists. So Monet, Picasso, any, anybody that has made history in art, mm -hmm. I feel like, Come on over. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Do you yeah. do you know Patty Smith? I mean, she's a musician. As Patty Smith, do you know Patty Smith? No, no, no. Oh, you would love her. She started out as she she started out as a musician. Like that's how what she's known for. But she's now an author, and I think she was one of the first well-known people to be on Substack. I think like I I follow her Substack, and she's she's like really. I really love her. She's a great writer. And I think that's why she became so known as a musician because her lyrics were like really profound. So I feel like, I feel like you would wipe the, her writing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love that. I would love to join that dinner party. Yeah. I mean, everyone, right? Like that's just any creative person that has the desire to express something that's in their heart. I'm interested. Those are just the names that came right now, but that could change tomorrow or yesterday. So, um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Last question is, if you could go back in time, what would you say to your 16-year-old self? Oh, very timely because um, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection work and that around 16 to 18, to 18 years old, it's coming up a lot. Um <laughs> And, you know, I think the main thing I would say is you're safe. It's okay. You can try and you can fail and everything is going to work out. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Everything's going to work out. It's like funny because that sentence is so basic if you think about it, but it means a lot. Like I can hear that every single day and it will touch me. Yeah. Like I, I will not grow tired from hearing that. Yeah. yeah, well, because it's different to to hear it, right, and and to say it. Like everything is going to be okay, but to know it with every fiber of your being that that is a reality, that 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 can be your reality. I think that's when it feels different, because mm -hmm. then you act differently, right? You you, yeah. you take make different choices and you behave different, knowing that somehow, some way, it will work out. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I always take it I'm always touched by it whenever someone says it or like when I'm writing about it but mm -hmm. I think truly when it truly like hits me is when someone in them in so I have very lucid dreams <laughs> so whenever someone says that in my dream I'm like yeah wow now I, <laughs> now I got it you know and then until the next time you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I need someone to tell me that my dream and then I take it seriously and be like okay yeah. gonna be right. <laughs> I mean I guess in some ways it's a subconscious right that's like on work when you dream so like right of course that's the time when I figure oh yeah right now I've got it it was like in school time you know whenever you started dreaming of the things you needed to oh. have learned from the exam you knew that you actually had learned it because like what yeah. the hell <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to dream about math forms, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice. Okay, so let's dive into it. We're today here to talk about 
productivity you have you have the conscious productivity collective which is i love that name it's just like it's like in a way it's like cpc i don't know conscious yeah. I, li- i like it it has it has the vibe to it do you want to do you want to talk about it like when yeah. what is it when did you start it what's the goal behind it for sure for sure now thank you again for this phase well you know um the conscious productivity collective is basically the sweet spot that i found between all my passions um i'm a very multidisciplinary person with several different passions that I've explored throughout my life and always struggle finding what is it that I was here to do. Um, mm-hmm. Once I found something and I dove deeper, then something else would come along. And if you're a creative, yeah. like you probably have had a similar experience of like, how do I put it all together? Right. And in the past, you know, like 10 years or more of my own self-exploration, um, I started to see some, trends you know I started to see some connecting dots of everything that that I was learning like one of my main passions is positive psychology which is a study of the factors that help humans and communities thrive so if you think about psychology for a long time it's been focused on mental illness which is amazing and there is a space for that but we weren't studying really like the mental health part of wellness Mm -hmm. And, um, psychology for until like the early 2000s so beautiful feel of psychology I went to schools for psychology and I specialize in that and love that and then also I've always been a very creative person so I'm always like playing with you know paints or drawing yeah. and making so I was like okay so there's a side of me that also wants to be expressed and just a process of creating something was always mm-hmm. very interesting to me and then there's another side of project management, which feels like it wouldn't fit in it, but it feels it fits so well once I started looking at things because I'm pretty good at like creating systems and understanding how people work and creating ways for them to work, you know, from a place that feels better for, for them, you know, adapting the systems that we have versus you adapting yourself to whatever is it that you're reading that productivity should look like. Um, so, you know, combining all of those I, it was almost like a little like voice inside of my head, inside of my head that told me, you're here to improve the way that we work and live. And you're here to do that through conscious productivity. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. It's basically this framework that I've been developing from everything that that I've been studying about a kinder way to look at productivity, a more compassionate way to look at the way that we create. Um, I noticed, you know, from working with entrepreneurs and just creatives in general, that we tend to be very hard on ourselves. Uh, We tend to have very rigid standards of the kind of work that we're producing and how we're meant to produce it and the rhythm at which we're meant to produce it. And that doesn't, that's not conducive to creating great work. So what is it that, how can we create from a place that feels aligned, that feels more natural, that doesn't feel like you're rushing? And and that's the question that conscious productivity is is trying to answer or give one answer. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Thanks for telling the story of how you came up with it. That was like really interesting. Also that you, yeah, I remember when we had our call, like we had a, previous call where we talked about what we want to talk about I I know remembered that you talked like how you studied like psychology and you were like 
like yeah mental health is important but also like that's an aspect and if people right like that's an important aspect and like i see it i see it i i'm a very optimistic person um which gets misunderstood so many times of like oh you've just never had a terrible experience in your life and i'm like um no not really (laughs) but it's like it's like so interesting how people see that optimism as oh she just never had you know she just she's just happy all the time and I'm like not really like sometimes if you meet me like whenever you meet me in the month also right because of my menstrual cycle (laughs) I'm the saddest girl you could ever meet but like I still have the optimism in me and so it's like it's um yeah and it's like I, I tried to reframe it with a friend's once and I was like my optimism is just coming from a you know as I said a positive like out view on yeah. life and things like sometimes like we can't lose hope like we just yeah, yeah. especially I mean it's very on brand for this time right it's like we can't lose you should not lose hope and yeah. so yeah I love how you been like we also need to talk about this aspect of psychology so I really I really do love that yeah yeah which you know it's not to say that um being optimist and looking at this side of things means that you're not like you're not looking at other aspects yeah um in fact you know like I I feel like the most powerful people that are optimist and hopeful and are changing the world like do so from a place that they know how bad it is and Mm -hmm. because we know how bad it can get we know how much, like how important it is to choose hope over fear. So uh, I, I think it just comes from a, from honestly, like to me being optimistic and idealistic is a strength because mm-hmm. you can look at what's going on out there and be like, nah, like, nah, like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you can, you can find the little threats of peace and, and love and, hung, you know, hang on to those as tight as you can and explore those instead of everything else. Yeah. Love that. I was like, <laughs> looking for words, I was like, wow, let's just let that sink in. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay. So I, I really love, I said that on the first, uh, first call as well. I really love his social media and like <laughs> the design. I'm obsessed with it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious um what is the the collective right now is it um how can people work with you are you working with people already like yeah yeah so it's been a while right um I was working with people for the past year or so helping them develop systems for their business especially creative entrepreneurs so we would go in kind of like a consultancy like a consultancy where we go and we look at you know, we do an audit of everything that you have going on, Notion, uh, Trello, Asana, Monday, whatever it is that you're working. Um, and we look at that side and we look at also like your specific personality and like how you work and what moves you. And we used to create systems for that. But the more I did that, the more I realized that I wanted to do something different. So at this moment, I'm in that transition of I'm working on a product. I'm a very like tactile person. So I was like, yes, yeah. I love providing a service. And I also want to make something that's physical that people can use every day. So yes. right now, it's just a place where I'm, I'm putting my ideas to create this, what I'm calling the conscious productivity deck, which is similar to an oracle, but instead of like messages 
from the universe about like your personal development. It's going to be messages from the universe and positive psychology about your own process of creation and little things that you can put into place. So that's what I'm focusing on right now on the, on, the, on that space. Things can change. I'm always transforming. So who knows yeah. what this is going to be like in a year. Um, but, but that's my new focus. I pause all the consultory work and I'm focusing on making things. So I'm yeah. very excited. <laughs> I love that yeah no I can totally understand that I've um I try to so I've started out when I was like 15 right of this podcast in my first book I said I published my first book when I was 15 and then That's it was German and people were like hey I want to read it but I cannot read German and so I got to translate it and and that's when I really found like self-publishing is like my thing right now and it's interesting because mm-hmm. right about that also like People are like, oh, so you just want to keep self-publishing all your life. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in five years I get a publishing deal. And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. take this, right? So it's like always like, right, not to have like, this feels fine for now. This feels right now. Yeah. But I, we, I'm, yeah, we need to stay open in our minds as well as creative. We cannot just limit ourselves to our own. Yeah. To, to our own. Um, creations and passions in that moment um honestly yeah. honestly um oh yeah I started out pretty young and so I've I've you know obviously I had a product-based business for example when I came to Lexi and yeah. but I always knew I wanted to publish other people or like other people's work or I want to help other people like other right young authors like I was when I was 15 to like self-publish it mm-hmm. And so yeah. I always knew I kind of would switch into service based and I tried it now. This November I hosted like a writing retreat and it yeah. it it taught me so many things of like what do I want to do different? What do I want to write? And it's like so interesting to see how um mm-hmm. yeah, as you said, it's like never it's never the same. And I feel like how especially the for service based business, I mean product as well, but like you know, like the product, you can actually hit a point where you're like, this is good now. Like, I want to, yeah. yeah, right. And then you want to go into the next one. There's like an it's, end to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how service space, it's like, I discovered that right now. It's like, okay, let's do this for three months. But like, maybe afterwards I will like change it again. Like, it's so interesting how that, I feel like a service based business is never just the same service like that service just always changes and you can see in Lexi I love to see Lexi's growth and change and transformation and I'm like hell yeah like that's just change is such an important part of our journey especially in art and creativity so it's like really interesting I love that it's like yeah I I think it's like it's one of those things that we're told that might not be good right when you when you look at the examples of people that we see that might be considered like successful by like social media standards or today's culture like they don't talk to you or it's they're not showing that exploration side that those like yes. 10 20 years before like they landed into what they wanted to do we're seeing like the final product right we're seeing yeah. like okay, after everything they did this is what they chose to focus on so when we are when I was working with creatives, you know, we, we, we tend to have this idea that 
we need to know what we what we want to do right now and forever and that's the way that we're going to be successful because if we don't know we're we're not going to make it and we have to make this like very rigid choices about our business and the yeah. structure of the business and it's like well like you're just starting like how are you supposed to know with like two or three years of experience you know unless there are people that have a call from very early on and you know they're like six years old and they're like i want to be a doctor who saves whatever you know like yes you have that that's amazing but not everybody does and i feel like you know if, if you don't have that then it's totally fine to like explore and play and and keep it and even like as you're talking about it in a language of like yeah i i'm still figuring it out and that's okay you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah it's like it was really funny because i thought about the writing retreat i did it for like a month because like it was also during nanomimo right where a lot of writers come together and be like we're writing a novel in a month and i always i i, I don't know if you listen to like if you were there to strategic intuition calls but i was always like that just stresses me out and i'm doing my own writing retreat during the month like what <laughs> but i you know i mean my approach was more for like an easier and relaxed way which comes back to the conscious productivity right like i, yes. I did this writing retreat because i was like we do not need to write a novel in a month. Like, you know, like, let's just all come together and write. I think that's enough. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like so interesting because I realized at that writing retreat that you cannot write a novel in a month. Like you cannot even get into a novel in a month. You can yeah. write a no- like on a novel a month, but you cannot. You, you're not into the novel yet. You don't know the novel yet enough. And so, but it's like, it's as you, it's so interesting from experience. Like, and then yeah. also again, from experience to experience. That's what's so important that not only like exploring it in your mind, but exploring it, actually doing it. Um, yes. You know, like I'm, I'm coming to this place right now where I'm like, oh, I want to do more products. And that, but that's after years of doing other things. So I ran mastermind groups for two years with creatives where we would get together for a three month program. And, you know, every other week we would share our goals or wins or loses or like moments of fear and loss. It was, it was wonderful. I enjoy that. You know, I've also done one-on-one coaching. I, I've done consultancy. I've done retreats as well. I led a retreat in Panama uh, a year ago, and that was amazing. And I collaborate with another brand, and we do a retreat now every year uh, that we call Blooming. So, you know, I've, I've, I've tried. I've kind of, like, tested, like, sample test this and sample test that. And then you, the way I see it is that you start getting clues. Like, what is it that your soul is, like, lighting up? when you're actually in the arena and you're doing it like where is it that i call it like um your heart smiles like you can you can feel when your heart smiles when you're doing something that you know it's challenging and at the same time it's exciting and you're hitting like on your strengths and you're also growing is that space what i'm always seeking and whenever something stops feeling like that i'm like okay how can we adjust it how can mm-hmm. we continue making something that feels in full alignment you know in coherence so yeah oh i love that phrase hard smiles <laughs> you know the writer in me is like oh I love it. 
Yeah, and we can track that back to productivity, right? Like if you, when you're thinking about productivity and we're often reading books or listening to podcasts or seeing things out there in social media about what productivity is Mm -hmm. like and what it should be like. And we tend to get into this mindset of like, okay, I'm going to try this and this this has to work. You know, I'm going to try, I don't know, the deep work, a deep work session, 90 minutes, three times a day. And this is going to be my new system. Yeah. Or it's like, it's going to be hard until you test it and you try it and you see if it works or not. Like that, yeah. that might not work for everybody. I saw, I saw that with the, I don't know if you ever read that book, uh, The 5 a.m. Club, I think it's called. And no, but I can imagine what it is about. <laughs> oh my so yeah, it was, it, there was a big um, moment where everybody was reading this book and it's like, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. and you have to have a routine of two hours and you have to do this list of things every morning. If not, your life is just going to be horrible. And you're like, okay. So you know, <laughs> all these people trying this out when you have morning, people that love mornings, people that are night owls, people that are more creative in the afternoon, people that... Yeah. Simply because of life, they they can do a two hour like I can I cannot do a two hour morning routine. No, I don't like absolutely it. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of what I do with with conscious productivity is dropping the blame of what we're told we're supposed to be doing in terms of mm. and start bringing in compassion and self acceptance and love and you know just kind of being like yeah it's okay if that doesn't work for you let's go and yeah. find what does. yeah honestly yeah there's there's always this discussion of like let's get get up at like what's the best time to wake up and it's so interesting because I um I did not I was a good student but I was not well functioning (laughs) it was absolutely not my system and my mom was always like I'm such a night owl like on the weekends I always stayed up around like 1 a.m or whatnot and you cannot stay up I mean, I still did, but you cannot stay up until 1 a.m. if you have to go to school the next morning. And so it's so interesting to have seen how right now, like one and a half years after I graduated, I see what works best for me, that I really work a lot. Like when while developing that retreat, I stayed up sometimes until 4 a.m. And honestly, that's still like if I know I have to get something done I know what works best for me like I'm getting up around noon like noonish I have my breakfast and then I slowly start like then I do my morning things right then I do my morning pages and I meditate sometimes and then I dance a little and then around like nine ish I sit down that's why like last week I was like Like, you know, I mean, obviously recording is a bit of a different thing, but like, I was like, I'm such an idol. I sometimes my workday sometimes starts at 9 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes until 4 a.m. Because that's just when my brain is the most creative as well. And I get the most ideas. And so um, that that was a beautiful journey for me to realize, like, this is my, this is my best, that's best how I work. And yeah. also accepting it, right? Like, if you found something to accept it, and not shame us that this is different than any other thing we see on social media or I don't know, my business coach said, like my business coach has a different work schedule. So that's, yeah, accepting it is also a very interesting journey yeah. on its own. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, that, that's a beautiful story too because your your way of work is so different from a lot of other people's way of work. And yeah. you know, the fact that you're not only accepting it but you're like leaning into it. You know, this is how I do my best work. I know it because I've seen evidence of yeah. what I've created before. You know, it's like you're not only in your mind. You're, you tested it. You know, and you have something to like build that momentum of confidence because yeah. you know sometimes we can accept it and there can still be a little bit of shame mm. around it. Like, oh, do I really like? Why is it that I'm working this way? Like, why can't yeah. I not look normal? You know, and and yeah. all those things. But to lean into it because I think it goes also back to when we're creating something. It could be you know a book, it could be a song, it could be a product, like whatever is it, or a service, or a retreat, like you did. There, there is a moment where we really have to step out of ourselves. You know, like in in. Yeah understand that this is like a creation that's coming through us and it's not like in service to us you know like yeah. sometimes we create because we think okay this is going to get me something and I think that's where productivity gets a little toxic because you're attached to the result and you're like attached to the amount of things that you get to do and the completed list becomes your value base uh, you know personality yeah um, when and that's a way to create and maybe there's people that you know are here to learn that lesson but if you really want to make amazing work that feels authentic like and it and in service to the people you want to serve you know there is a little bit of stepping out and being like okay what does the work need for me like how can I show up best for it instead of you know making it about ourselves yeah Wow, I was just silently nodding to everything you said. Also, I loved how I saw that I saw that reference to all the musicians that listen to my podcast. It was like, if you're doing a song, and I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> um, <clears throat> hope you get hope you musician listeners felt called out by that. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, and also. Yeah, I mean, when you signed up for this interview, it was like, um, can we talk about how to create and work from a place of kindness and self-compassion, yeah. which goes very well hand in hand what we just started talking about. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I mean, honestly, it was like really interesting because my mom's, so I'm still currently living at my, my my mom's house. And so her partner is a truck driver and he gets up around like 2 a.m., and you know sometimes I have Lexi because like also the time difference I think that's how my how I am naturally night owl because all of my meetings are like in the middle of the night you know (laughs) so it's like interesting because sometimes I'm still up at like 2 a.m and I'm in in the meeting of Lexi like I'm in Lexi's night school and he gets up and it's like looking at me and I'm like middle of my work day but also his work day just started so I found it I found that really interesting sometimes to see or I, I worked at a bakery for some time and I did love, I did love working at the bakery. I just could not get up at three a.m. to yeah. start working at four a.m. because right, that's when my work day is usually supposed to end. Like, what are you talking about? I have to do bread now. <laughs> and also, like, how smart of you, and how like amazing of you to look then for time zones that are aligned with your work style, like. Yeah. <laughs> it out and I'm like oh wow she's actually got a really cool like conscious productivity system for herself you know thank you <laughs> thank you yeah that just happened naturally I guess because of social media you know when you like I really felt aligned to Lexi 
And yeah. then I fell aligned to Alexia. I think I found her through some Notion videos she'd done in the beginning of 2022. Yeah. Um, and I was still a high school student, you know, and I was like, this is so cool. And so I, w- I knew I could not join a study yet because it was like in the middle of the night on a Tuesday, like yeah. Oh, the next day. So, and then she was like, no, we have a space. Like also financially, because I was a high school student. She was like, no, no, no. I wait, like, I'm still here when you graduated high school. And then I graduated high school and she did big paper planning day the first time. And then I, that's how I joined the study. And that's how I, like, felt also in love with, like, oh, my gosh, I'm awake anyway. And, like, you know, writing my poems in the middle of the night so I can join a night school. How perfect is this? So, yeah, yeah I just it just happened naturally through social media you know I think I mean sometimes your phone will connect you to people who are in the same country as you but it's not necessarily a limit right so I guess it's just um that's that's a part of social media that love (laughs) that it's connecting you to people who are aligned with you and what do you like your values and stuff and so yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay do you um do you want to dive a bit into like Okay, so what are things we can do to stay kind and self-compassionate to us? Like, also, it was like such an interesting because I started using the word self-compassion. Um, I think in the summer, you know, when you like grow up like me, when you like turn nineteen, and you kind of, you know, you kind of detach yourself from your home and your parents and like your family, and you're like, I want to do something on my own now. Like, let me, let me go. Um, so that's around the time when I started using this word self-compassion. And I realized like people of my own age are like, just, I have sometimes friends who are 10 years older than me and they had no idea that word existed. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. And so I, I want to know like what piece of advice you maybe have for someone, like what can we do to also like to us, right? Like we know all that. We know how to be, that we have to stay kind and self-compassionate to us, but like, what do we do when we feel like we're losing it or like someone that like has no idea, yeah. right? Like my friends were like, what do you mean self-compassionate? And I was like, right. I yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we can, we can dive a little bit into the tactics um, of like what you can do, but also I want to give you like a framework to think about conscious productivity before we do that, because yes, this is what's been like the most helpful for me. And it's what's I, what I've been developing. I'm like, how do, how do we really apply it? And the way I see it is like, it has this five big pillars or umbrellas and there, there are more things or more tools that you can look at it. But the first one is mindfulness, right? It's just being, you know, present in the moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's, dropping all judgment and, and like really leaving what is it that you're living at this moment. That's a big part of conscious productivity because productivity, like traditional productivity itself has been more focused on the future and planning yeah. for the future on outcomes, on how can we maximize our time right now. Um, so we lose that human side of like, you can actually be really productive and create amazing work when you're just connected to the now. So mm-hmm. that's the first pillar of it. And under that, there are a lot of tools that you can use, like mindfulness techniques, breathing exercises, sensory meditations, or just simply taking a moment to, you know, connect with yourself before sitting and working. Um, compassion comes a bit into that part of conscious productivity, because really, when I talk about compassion, it's more about really sitting with whatever is it that you're feeling instead of trying to push it or instead of trying to name it or judge it or do anything with it. So you're just 
okay um uh, a very common example if like i feel like i just i can never finish the things that i said i'm gonna do in a day right and it's like okay yeah that sucks you know <laughs> that feels yeah. really bad like everyone would feel uh not the best if you're yeah. not you know complaining what you're we're meant to be doing so allowing yourself to feel that and be like, yeah, this, this is kind of heavy. Like, I don't like this feeling. And also like, why, why, why do I keep doing this? What, what's happening? What's behind it? Well, you take a look at your to-do list and you see 15 different things and you're like, oh, well, like maybe I thought I could do a lot more than what I actually had time for. And then you start yes. mocking down, like what's, what's your reality from a place of love and compassion? Like, okay, you have, Some people that I work with have like a full-time job and they're also working and now I have a full-time job too and I'm working on my project and it's like, okay, so you're working eight hours a day and you have, you know, a life and you have things that you do and you have two or three hours for your business and your project and you're saying you're going to do all those things, like that makes no sense, you know, would yeah. you make do that? Probably not. So um, that's a lot of where the mindfulness and the compassion comes from, really taking a, a look at what's going on and being honest with yourself because you can always create from a place of like you have layers of layers of who you think you are but it's not really who you are and that's not gonna take you to a place where you can make your best work so yeah that's the first one mindfulness the second one is intentionality that's one of my favorite pillars of conscious productivity because it's like embracing that side of okay i have an idea of where i want to go and i'm going to be intentional about going there not necessarily like specific goals or like measurable i'm I'm not a fan of like the whole smart goal system because i don't think yeah. it works not for me it might work for some um but the way that my mentor one of my first mentors explained it to me is that she she said it so well it's like the universe speaks to you in essence And we're constantly speaking to it in form, meaning, you know, we're telling it, we want this and we want that and we want to create this and this and that. And it's like, okay, but what is it that you're looking to feel or what is it how you want to show up? What's the essence behind that? So that's the intentionality side of conscious productivity. And that can happen from um, in my life. I have like a word of the year that I am like constantly connecting to and then I also have like an essence for my next three months and that's where all my planning begins you know it's like from that essence and even showing up today you know I like took a time to like really sit down and breathe and connect with myself and choose how I want it to to be here so that's that's the intentionality part of conscious productivity Um, and then you have energy management, which is the third pillar, self-awareness and continuous learning. So to make it short, energy management, it's about managing your energy like it sounds differently than managing your time. When we're managing our time, it's mostly like looking at our calendars and looking at, okay, I had this amount of time and this amount of things to do. And that's great. And it might work. But there's another layer of it, which is like your energy. You can have the same amount of time, but you can have more physical energy than mental energy and your time might be better spent doing something different as you plan so understanding where your energy levels are it's very important like how are you going to plan to use that time and then self-awareness is just that continuous exploration that we talked about of like knowing what is it that works what doesn't um and continuously improving right like taking tracking your progress making notes writing journaling about 
what what you're trying and what you want to continue or what you want to pause. So in a nutshell, <laughs> that's what conscious productivity is and how you can start to see it and apply it into your life. You can look at these pillars and be like, okay, maybe I might need a little bit more intentionality in my life. So that's where I want to focus next. Or maybe I need a little bit of mindfulness. Like I've been going into automatic pilot in everything that I need to do. So you focus there. And that it gives you like a good way, a good place to start, I would say. Um implementing this into your life yeah yeah also the i honestly for me the energy tracking was i think the most mind-blowing thing i've had uh, <clears throat> especially i don't know she's also a pretty decent uh consciously kate caitlin the yeah. cycle course i've done that last year and it honestly like changed my life <laughs> yeah. um it was like really like to work around my menstrual cycle i was like wow what you mean and also what I found interesting was like when I did her course it was like she she gives you an example of how it usually is but she's also very open-minded and so um I had the thing I was like she always she was like you will feel the most inspired like during like at the actual menstruation like when you have your period you feel inspired Mm -hmm. you get all these ideas but don't necessarily like want to act on it yet and then Mm -hmm. you know afterwards you might have a lot of anxiety so that's also not when you want to work on it and then the ovulation phase is usually where you want to get the thing done and it was like so interesting because I felt like wow and it resonated with me and I saw it in myself and then I also like also varied it a little you know I was like sometimes I do have the energy during my menstruation to act on it and I want to write it down and like immediately you know try to think like build it in my system and like how I can do it in the next four weeks and so it was like that was that I was actually really like life-changing and I'm really grateful yeah. for that and I was like so I mean I just did it for like because I was like curious and I did like her workshops and the course was there and I was like oh you know what I'll do it <laughs> yeah, 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 so. that's yeah that's that's one way to do it you know like your menstrual cycle and then there is also like the day cycle you know like when you wake up when you go to sleep when you eat like all of that affects your energy too because energy it's not only mental it's physical it's no like there's neural energy of like what we eat and how we do it and when we do it so there's all those different ways to map your energy and i think the important part here is to find the one that works for you you know, find one of the frameworks for energy management that calls your attention the most. Like if it's the moon, that's great. Like let's find the moon, you know, <laughs> like whatever it is, but have something in place to understand how your energy fluctuates through the day, through the month, through the week, through the year. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Our lives are all just cycles. Like honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, just got that realization. I was like, wow, yeah, we all have like the year as seasons and then the seasons has its cycle and then the month has its like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like at the end of the year, you just realize things and you're like, wow. I just had that. I I was like, oh, wow, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, glad I recorded it. (laughs) (laughs) We all have its cycles. Yeah, and it comes to an end again, and then January starts again. How do you feel about maybe because we this episode will come out? Um, I think January, February, and I think that's still a time where um we talk and think a lot about our New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Um, 
is can I ask you quite like uh, yeah, can yeah. we talk a bit about it for sure yeah. um okay so <laughs> it's like I, t- I took your favorite topic and you were like hell yes <laughs> yes because I have I have opinions about this and I've studied it too and you know one of the things that annoys me a little bit about new year resolutions and it's great to have I'm like sure if that works for you that's amazing yeah. and at the same time there's so much pressure around it there's so much guilt around you know having it or not having it and I don't think that's the best place to plan you know like I think yeah. the end of the year it's a really good time to reflect on what worked this year what didn't work what are you most proud about what can you celebrate you know like I think that personally that that has worked best for me and um not necessarily jumping right away into I need to know exactly what my 2024 is going to look like just yet I'm always going to keep things a little bit more open just because it works for me it works best um one of the things that I do do for new years is like I choose my word of the year so um that feels free for me it's it, it feels very free because it's like okay I am I'm doing something that feels like I'm putting intention into my year but I'm not sitting down into like the tactics yet you know I'm just yeah. setting how I want to feel so for example yesterday I spent you know a bit of time I did a meditation I light some candles I did some palo santo you know like I I just like prepare the space and I did like a long journaling session to find that word And for me, this year is going to be discovery. I just want to discover, you know, where I want to shine this new year. So that, that's a, it's a different way to see it. And it, it'll come like at, around, I would say, mid-February, probably March. I'll probably start looking into what is it that I would really want to accomplish, where my focus is. But I think if you're hearing this and it's January, mid-January, early February, and you still don't have a plan for a new year, one of the th- like the things that I want to tell you is that that's totally okay. You know, like you don't have to have it figured out. But I think also like we, every person is in a different part of their life. We're talking about cycles, you know, and we just talked about the most common cycles, the year, you know, the days, the weeks, but there's also like life cycles. There's moments where planning actually doesn't make sense because you might be going through a transition you know you might not know what's next you might be considering different paths and you're like okay I, I I how am I supposed to make my plan if I don't even know where I'm going to go next so I think there is a big space for that um that we don't often talk about and and people that might be going through moments like that feel guilty and feel like there might not be enough because they can't sit down to make a plan. So I just want to bring some light to that, that everybody is in that in a different process. And the most efficient thing for you, it's going to be what feels right at the end of the day. Like that's, yeah. that's my truth. <laughs> yeah.